Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to take this opportunity and welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. I'm happy you're able to take time out of your schedule to spend it with me. Here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe, I want to bring you uplifting and encouraging messages about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Today, I want to discuss a man from the Bible who was known by two different names. He was known as Saul of Taurus, and later on, he would be known as Paul of Taurus. Same man, two different names. Saul come from the Hebrew side, Paul come from the Greek side. Saul had the knowledge of the scriptures, knew the laws of the church, knew who God was. He knew God, but he did not have a personal relationship with God. And he refused to acknowledge the man named Jesus. Now Saul, once he was introduced to Jesus and he used his Greek name Paul wrote many of the letters in the New Testament. And he would start ministering to the Gentiles. But before he became Paul, I want to discuss the man named Saul who was sent by the church to start the great persecution of all believers of Jesus. And he was there during the stoning of Stephen. He was there and he approved of the killing. Now, Bible says over chapter 9, it's going to be a little bit of reading, but I want to share it with you because I want you to get a full understanding of this man. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still working and speaking murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he had found any who belong to that way, whether they're men or women, he may take them to prison in Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell upon the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, for they heard no sound, and they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and he opened his eyes, and he could not see nothing. And they led him by the hand to Damascus. And for three days he was blind, and he could not eat or drink anything. Now think about this for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. A man, as I said at the beginning, knows the laws of the churches, who is charged by the church to go out here and find every believer in Christ to lock them up, 
to destroy them, to do whatever he can to stomp out this Jesus rebellion. And he was good at what he did. He's on the road to Damascus. He's going to do his work, do what he is best at. And Jesus steps right in the middle of the way and has a conversation with him. But if you pay close attention, it's funny here where verse 5, he says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I believe he knew Jesus. He just didn't have that personal relationship with him either. And so now he's blind. He's taken to Damascus. He's told to go into the city where he's for three days waiting for the Lord to, to tell him what to do next. Now, in verse 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him to go to this house of Judas on a straight street and ask for a man there from Taurus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man, Ananias, come and place his hands upon him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports of this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem and how he has come here with the authority of the chief priests to, rest, to arrest all of those that call upon your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer in my name. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine having somebody that, that hates a person that much who is destroying people in the name of whatever. And then here's this poor man, Ananias, and the Lord comes and tells him and says, hey, I want you to go down here. Ask for this man named Saul. Lay your hands upon him. So he can see. And you can imagine Ananias. He's like, well, Lord, wait a minute. This guy's out here killing people in your name. This man is killing all the believers. And you want me to go restore his sight? Can you imagine that conversation? But what is it that, that the Lord tells him? He says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. But it's the last part of verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer in my name. Now, <laughs> I've talked to some people who said, well, this is, this is Jesus getting revenge. No, this is Jesus teaching. This is Jesus saying, okay, Saul, this is what it's like. This is how you must suffer. And so he, he goes, and he places his hand upon Saul, and he begins to see, and he starts to eat, and he starts getting his strength up. And still within uh, chapter 9, this is where Saul starts preaching. He starts telling the world about Jesus. Now, 
if you're sitting there listening to this man named Saul, who has done nothing but run up and down the, the, the roads, destroying people in the name of the church, in the name of God, if to have it, now he's sitting here telling you about a man named Jesus and how he was raised from the dead. The same Jesus that days earlier he would have killed you for saying the name, now he's proclaiming it and telling a lost and dying world about Jesus. Now, if you, you can also imagine, too, now this is this has caused a lot of confusion in a lot of people. And there there are it's written in the Bible where People are starting to come after him to destroy and kill him. But he remains true and faithful to the word of the Lord. And he goes out here and he tells the world about Jesus. And later on in, the, in Acts 13 and 9, this is the first recording where his Greek name Paul was, was used. And I find that very interesting when I was doing the research for this was when did the true conversion take place? And I have to share this with you, ladies and gentlemen. There, there was, there was a, a conversion on the road to Damascus, but there was never a conversion where he truly laid down his name. Because as I said, he was known as both Saul and Paul. But... Over in chapter 13, verse 9, it reads, Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. So this is the first recording where Saul is now using the name Paul because of the Gentiles. So what does all this have to do with what I want to share with you today? The question is very simple. Are you Saul or are you Paul? Do you know God and don't have a personal relationship with him that you can quote the Bible from front to back because you've read it like a novel? Or are you a person who knows the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, knows the Scriptures, knows that you're supposed to get out here and witness and tell a lost and dying world about Jesus. Because unless you've been living under a rock, even for the past six or seven months, or the past couple of years, our country is in a dire straits, ladies and gentlemen. Our country is in the worst shape that I've ever seen it in my nearly 48 years of being upon this earth. God has been stripped out of our country. We can't say the name of Jesus without people um, giving us remarks or looking at us or persecuting us in one way or another. History is repeating itself. There are a lot of Sauls out here in the world trying to stomp out the name of Jesus and the believers of Christ. Now make no bones about what I'm about to say. Saul, before his conversion, before he ran across a man named Jesus on Damascus, he knew the scriptures. He knew the Bible. He knew everything there was to know about the word of God. But he didn't have that relationship, nor did he want that relationship. 
turn on any device, social media, television, radio, whatever, and you will see the chaos that are taking place in this country today. Just as Saul was persecuting the Christians in the name of the church, so is the destruction of our country in the name of something. First, it was a Black Lives Matter movement. Then, before that, it was this gentleman in Minnesota who was killed. And then it was this, and then it was that. It is the total destruction of our country and everything in it in the name of something. Because I can tell you, if it was in the name of Jesus, there wouldn't be any destruction. And where I was going with this a minute ago, and I thank the Lord for this, is this. Saul was a religion, religious man. And as you've heard me many a times here on this podcast, religion is man-made. It is designed to fail. I am a conservative Christian. I believe in Christianity, which is by Jesus. It never fails because it's not made by man. It's made by God. And it will never fail. It's not a religion. And as a conservative Christian, I believe in my constitutional rights. I believe in my Bible. I believe in God and I believe in this country. When any politician says at the end, God bless you and God bless these United States, I believe that if God was in our country, he would be blessing our country. But we've kicked him out. We've allowed it. We talk about a majority or a minority a silent few. That's what I've heard before from other people. Well, we're just a silent few. We're just this. We're just asked. Time to get up, ladies and gentlemen, and get off your hands and do something. Our country, excuse my language, our country's going to hell. And all we're doing is we're sitting on the sidelines and we're allowing it. We're allowing saws to run up and down our roads, destroying our country. But I believe if we'd get out here and tell them about a man named Jesus, we would see these Pauls convert, or Saul's converted, converted to Pauls. We would see this only if we would get up and do something about it. Because God is calling each and every one of us to do what we are charged to do, to spread the word of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Churches got to get up and start doing their job. Churches got to get up and start doing their job. I'm sure that's going to make some of you unhappy, but the truth is the truth. Putting butts in seats, trying to raise funds in your, in your uh, tithing baskets is not what it's about. The man behind the pulpit spreading the gospel and telling the world about Jesus and telling that congregation, that's what's important, and that's what we must do. It's time to stop and rise up and tell this world about Jesus. It's time to start doing what God has called each and every one of us to do. We are a warrior for him in our own ways. Some are good with speaking. Some are good with actions. Some are good with both. Some are good at writing, whatever the case may be. Teachers teach. Preachers preach. And you cannot tell me there's not a lay person around in a church that doesn't have a job. They all have a job. It may not be in the spotlight. It may be behind the scenes, but we all have a job.
whether it's helping feed families that are in need, whether it's opening centers to bring young people into a church to be able to, to help teach and spread the word of God, or whether it be opening a school within inside of a church to help educate our young people. We all have a job to do. So I challenge each and every one of you to get up today and start doing your job. Start doing what God has called you to do. Start telling the world about Jesus. Pray that Jesus can go out here and, and influence our leaders' eyes and our hearts and allow them to come back and turn this country into a great country again. I know I'm not of this world as a Christian, and that's what the Bible tells me. But I, I, do, I do have to live in this world, and I do have to live in this country. And as a veteran, and as a Christian, I am so proud of my country because I believe in the United States of America and everything that this country has fought for for over 200 and something years, dated back all the way to our forefathers. I believe in my flag, the United States of America. I believe in my beautiful glory flag and everything that it represents. And I believe it in my heritage and I believe in my history. And it's time for us to stand up and to be heard. So as I get ready to close, I know this has been a lengthy episode, but thank you for bearing with me. But as we get ready to close, my prayer is this. I pray for this country. I pray for its leaders. I pray for every Christian that hears my voice. Today will be the day that we stand up and we start telling this world about Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. That's what I hope God is listening to. Because I want to do everything I can. If I have to get dirty, I'll get dirty. I want to be a Paul. I don't want to be Saul. How about you? Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I enjoy being with you. I enjoy sharing messages. And I pray that you continue to follow us through social media and follow this podcast and subscribe. As I get ready to close, my, my thoughts are very simple. The only way to start your day is with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless. Mm-hmm.